In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Before continuing further, I understand there are a number of visitors here with the Lemke family. We follow the order of service, divine service setting two. It's on page 167. So if you would put your marker there and then you follow that along, the little half sheet tells you the portions of the service that are unique, the hymns, the introit, which is prayed after the absolution. So if you have your marker and follow along at page 167 and following and have that white sheet handy, you will be able to follow. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
your church with your perpetual mercy. And because of our frailty, we cannot but fall. Keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 14th Sunday after Trinity is recorded in Proverbs chapter 4. Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. 
I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. and Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
in St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O As Jesus went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, He said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It took a while... But I'm grateful for the times that we are in, and particularly this coronavirus pandemic, because of a number of things. The Lord says, in whatever circumstance you find yourself in, you are to give thanks. This fall... When praying through the Ten Commandments again, we have the second commandment. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, or thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And the Catechism says we should fear and love God, not only the negative, so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but the positive. Call upon his name in every trouble, in every trouble. Pray in every trouble. Praise in every trouble. And give thanks. In every trouble. There is a reason why this wisdom is in the catechism, because it is the wisdom of the gospel. We live in a world in which if people do believe in God, for them, he is detached from the world in which we live. And that is absolutely, patently false. Therefore, for us as Christians who take seriously the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ who came into the world to be the Savior of all, 
If God permits something to enter into the world, then he has his purposes. We may not always fully comprehend all the reasons and purposes, but he has his purposes. Sometimes they are for divine judgment on an unbelieving nation or world or a church that has gone astray. Sometimes they are simply to teach us the frailty of our own condition so that we look to Christ. So for us as Christians, we are called on the basis of Jesus' suffering and death upon the cross for all of humanity, which they didn't deserve, where he bore our sins in his body, to give thanks for every circumstance we find ourselves in because he intends to strip us of all self-reliance to rely upon him alone. The Luke 17 gospel for this 14th Sunday after Trinity, I have a confession about. It's often the assigned gospel for the day of national thanksgiving in November. It appears every year here. Sometimes as a pastor I say, enough already. We've had this gospel reading enough. But then this pandemic hits, and then you find yourself contemplating ten lepers who are in a leper colony. And you see, pandemics and pestilence and disease is nothing new. It goes back to biblical times. God sent his own pestilence and plague upon Egypt when Israel was there in bondage. Believe it or not, God is in charge. But what's interesting about this particular pericope is it gives us the opportunity to consider some of the things that the Lord himself prescribed in the Old Testament. These lepers were in a leper colony. That was the original social distancing. Why? Because their disease was contagious. And in fact, there was no known cure in biblical times. And so they kept their distance. But what was also important is that the worship of the congregation of Israel at the temple in Jerusalem and in the synagogues did not stop. There was no government closure of the places of worship. That didn't mean that the lepers could engage in the worship the same way the rest of the congregation could. They could not. But it also meant, according to the Old Testament prescriptions, that the Old Testament church was to love the lepers with food and provisions for them, even though they were separated from the worshiping community. In fact, they were not even entirely sequestered, but were outside the synagogues or the temple at a safe distance where they could still participate in hearing the liturgy and the preaching. Isn't that interesting? There was, of course, no simulcasts or YouTube broadcasting at the time. But it indicated how in the Old Testament, according to God's prescription in the Torah, that not only the well were to be cared for, but also the sick. Unfortunately, Just as in our times, so also in biblical times, the church often neglected 
and forgot about the aged, the infirm, the sick, and the dying. Lord, have mercy upon us. May it never be. But the church of the Old Testament and of the New Testament is called to the singular focus that Christ is the one thing needful. That his word and his sacraments are that which give life and salvation and comfort in good times and in bad times. That we might learn to call upon him in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. So, there was a colony of lepers. And they cried out to Jesus rightly with the same words we use at the beginning of every divine service. Lord, have mercy upon us. And in this prayer that the Old Testament, New Testament church utters, there is a twofold focus, and that is the understanding that both temporal and spiritual gifts come from God on the basis of his mercy. And this is something that we as Christians need to hold up to the world today. That the Son of God who became flesh and blood to share our infirmities and to die upon the cross for our sins is the source of both temporal and spiritual blessings. Luther had this expression, and it's recorded in the large catechism, that every time something good happens to you, you should praise God. I had a professor that would do this in the seminary, and some of us thought he was rather silly. He wasn't silly at all. He was doing the right thing. Luther says, if you are rescued from sickness, praise the Lord. If a disaster has been averted and your life has been spared, praise the Lord. If you get up in the morning and you're able to take a deep breath and enjoy the day and engage in your work, praise the Lord. If you get sick and it forces you into deeper prayer and meditation upon the word of God, praise the Lord. It's the understanding that all of life, all of it, emanates from the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If he gives us good health, praise the Lord. If we're afflicted with sickness, praise the Lord. If we're going through hard times, praise the Lord. If we have wealth and are able to provide for our family and those in need, praise the Lord. It's the understanding that every blessing of mercy that we do not deserve emanates from Christ. So in the gospel for this week, there are ten lepers stricken with this disease. In the Bible, the number ten is often associated with God's divine providence. In this case, these ten lepers don't simply represent ten lepers, but all of humanity. And it is true that human beings, whether they believe in God or not, in the times of great affliction and distress, might cry out in despair to some some deity or some source for help. Here the ten lepers cry out to Jesus. And he does something that's very important. It is a testimony of what Uh, Christian dogmaticians call universal grace. And that is, he heals all ten of them by saying, go show yourselves to the priests, and as they went, all ten are cleansed. 
which means that not just those who truly believed in him were cleansed. Like we find out, there's one lone Samaritan who comes back to him and gives thanks. All ten were cleansed. Do you know what this means? God's love in Christ is for all humanity. A love that provides daily bread for everyone, whether they are atheists or Christians. Those who accuse God, if there is a God, he's not the God of love, because why would there be all this misery in the world, must take to account that the God of love bore the misery in his death upon the cross and continues to provide every moment of every day of light and sunshine and rain and clothing and drink, Because he is the God of love. And because he gives. And so, the first point of this miracle is that his grace is universal. It is for all people. The sun rises on the just and on the unjust. Just the same. But then there's something more. The disease of leprosy bespeaks a greater disease. The corruption of original sin, which infects us all. As leprosy isolated the leper colony from the worshiping congregation and full fellowship in the community of faith, so the corruption of original sin that we've inherited from Adam, our father, separated us from God. It was Jesus, the Son of God, who stepped into the breach. And he does all of these socially unacceptable things. He doesn't socially distance himself from us. Instead, he touches our afflictions and our infirmities and sicknesses in the flesh. He takes them all upon himself. And he does so willingly in love. Like a great physician who does not count the cost to himself, but willingly reaches out to help those in need. So our Lord, the great physician, has come. And he has borne a far greater sickness than COVID-19 or biblical leprosy. He has borne the disease of sin that separated us from God. When Jesus told these nine lepers to go to Jerusalem and to show themselves to the priests, there's something very significant here. To go to Jerusalem and to show themselves to the priest was according to the Old Testament law that required the proper readmission into the worshiping community for those who have been rendered unclean because of disease. Rarely were there lepers allowed to come back. Why? Because rarely was there ever any healing. But the healing of those stricken with such a dread and terminal disease was a sign of what? Two things. Messiah had come. That's why he told them, show yourselves to the priest. The Messiah of the world had come. And then secondly, even though the Samaritans didn't acknowledge worship in Jerusalem at the temple, by Jesus saying, show yourself to the priest, he indicated That all of that worship was not only true and from God, but found its fulfillment in him. 
by the grace of God, it is this lone Samaritan who would have been doubly separated from God, first by being a Samaritan and then by being a leper. By the grace of God, he comes to recognize that there is someone here far greater than healing of a physical disease. And that is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, who is the source of every grace and blessing. And so he returns, and he falls down before Jesus, and he gives thanks. And Jesus asks the rhetorical question, were there not ten who were cleansed? And of course the answer is yes. But there was only one who returned, and he was a Samaritan. But Jesus did not withdraw the miracle of cleansing from the other nine, did he? And so also for the church today. There are so many that have received the blessings of God's grace in Christ, both temporally in the world in which we live, and even though it seems as if, you know, it's just such a terrible place, not many of us have starved to death. We are able to live quite comfortable lives even during these times. But how few recognize the source of that life. But more importantly, we offer him who is the great physician for a world that is separated from God in the leprosy of original sin, but who in this great physician has access to the throne of grace to the Spirit of God, to new life, forgiveness, and resurrection. A faith that we see in this lone Samaritan who returns and gives thanks to God and glory to Jesus. And I submit to you that even if some other affliction had befallen him, he still would have rejoiced. Why? Because by the grace of God, he had come to know and believe in this Savior. And this is why for us as Christians, we always live in hope and confidence, optimistically. For whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord Jesus who forgives our sin and promises us eternal life. And therefore, in all circumstances of life, in good times and in bad, we give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the Christian faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, 
by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, we give thanks for all your goodness and bless you for the love that sustains us from day to day. We praise you for the gift of your Son, our Savior in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, for your Holy Church, for the means of grace, for the lives of all faithful and just people, and for the hope of the life to come. Help us to treasure in our hearts all that you have done for us and enable us to show our thankfulness in lives that are wholly given to your service. Lord, in your mercy. Save and defend your whole church purchased with the precious blood of Christ, especially in the face of persecution. Strengthen your faithful people through the word and holy sacraments, making them perfect in love and in all good works, and establishing in them the faith once delivered to the saints. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, Bless Alex Scheller, Joey Schneider, Jocelyn Bender, Bob Rothy, and Pete Greshner, Christine Sawatsky, Jeannie Schultz, Daniel Haga, Jacob Rank, Stan Heine, Matthew Bender, and Kelsey DePew celebrating baptismal birthdays this week. That preserve steadfastly in Christ's grace and mercy. They may be faithful unto death, rejoicing in the gift of salvation and bearing witness to their Savior in all that they do and say. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord Jesus, your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for another year of married life together. For Mark and Cheryl Gretzinger, Ed and Bernice Lemke, Lee and Kathy Weber, Dell and Carl Dewey, Jason and Kathy Peterson. Open their hearts always to receive more of your love, that their love for each other may never grow weary, but deepen and grow through every joy and sorrow shared. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, 
Father of mercies and God of all comfort, our only help in time of need, look with favor upon your servants, Brian Nianabor, undergoing treatment for cancer, David Ellistat, suffering the afflictions of a stroke and mental decline, Louise Bollmeyer, hospitalized with COVID-19, Dan Schmidt, recuperating from knee surgery, Charlie Dine from a tonsillectomy, Frank Coppling from a hernia surgery, Lenny Schrauth undergoing tests, Carl Stemke in therapy after a stroke, Jeremy LaFour and his family battling ALS, David Berger in slow recovery at home following brain surgery, Roger Laubenstein, Harlan Peterson, and Allison Witte undergoing treatment for cancer. Assure them of your mercy. Deliver them from the assaults and temptations of the evil one. Give them patience and comfort in their illnesses and recovery. According to your gracious will, restore health, lengthen their days on earth, and above all, grant them the grace to bear the cross of tribulation with courage and the hope of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, maker of heaven and earth and giver of life, we thank you for all the mercies you granted to our sister Hilde during her earthly life, especially for calling her to faith in Jesus Christ. Comfort her family and those who mourn her death with the hope of a glorious resurrection and a joyful reunion in heaven. Keep us mindful that we are all mortal so that we will ever be prepared to die in the faith and finally receive the glory promised to all who trust in your beloved Son. Lord, in your mercy. Preserve our nation in justice and honor, that we may lead a peaceable life with integrity. Grant health and favor to all who bear office in our land, especially the President and Congress of the United States, the governor and legislature of this state, and all who make, administer, and judge our laws. Grant them to serve our citizens according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue with the singing of the Offertory, page 176. of all his people. 
your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, Lord God of heart and light, heaven and earth have fallen thy glory, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
preserve you, body and soul of the true faith, to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. In 595. Him 632, please stand.
Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come in the Holy Supper of your Son's body and blood. Keep us firm in the true faith throughout our days of pilgrimage, that on the day of his coming we may, together with all your saints, celebrate the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.